Thank you for listening in to another episode of Her Wild Outdoors. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and in honor of that, my sweet and dear friend Annie Gastelum has joined me for a conversation about how hunting, which has been a generational pass down from her grandfather to her father and brother and her, but how that has helped her heal through a traumatic incident how hunting and being in the outdoors brings her back and balances her, how that affects her in her life. And I think that it's an important conversation to have. So listen in and let us know what you think. Thank you, everybody, for listening into an episode of Her Wild Outdoors podcast. I am actually very excited about this episode. My sweet, dear friend, Annie, is with me from Arizona. Annie, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Hi, Amy. Yeah, I'm so glad to hang out with you too this morning. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) We met, it was almost a year and a half ago that we had a conversation and, um, And I think that it 100% connected our hearts and we have not looked back since. Yeah, it sure has. (laughs) Um, I appreciated that conversation, but I'm very excited to have this one today. And you and I talked a little bit before I pressed record. And um, I don't know, I think it was, I posted today about how being perfect isn't important, that it's how you deal with imperfection is what inspires people. And I think that each person has their story and each person has actually multiple parts of their story that impact who they are today. And um, I'm excited to hear yours. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm excited to share my story. Good. Well, give us, you are from Arizona and uh, we actually almost were sort of neighbors. What was that? A year and a half, a year ago, we. So I was pretty excited. I thought you were going to be the president. (laughs) That didn't happen though. I know. I think um, we were, we almost moved to Phoenix for three years and I was actually more excited about being closer to you than anything else. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great, Amy. It would have been fun. I'm I, Now with everything going on, we probably would have been sent home early from that job, but, um, you know, everything works out the way it's supposed to and, um, but yeah, give us a little bit about who you are. I, and Arizona, I think, has been sort of your home your entire life, right? Yes. Hot Arizona. Yes, <laughs> it has. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful state. Yes, but it has always been my home. Mm-hmm. Where um, where were you born? Um, In Tucson, okay. which is, you know, maybe about an hour north south from here so Mm -hmm. the um when we talk about hunting in the outdoors I remember and I've just from our conversation before and your Instagram page and Facebook and all of that and conversations that you the outdoors and hunting has always been a part of your growing up yeah it sure has Amy just um 
not, I don't think, well, because you're from a small town that you're more prone to being outdoors or, you know, into, you know, brought, being brought into hunting and fishing and all that. I, you can be from a city, you know, but, um, but definitely um, was born and, and raised up to learn about hunting and being outdoors. And, and that was all to my dad. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about that, just about growing up in a family like that and with your dad. Yeah. So I'm a, we have siblings. I have uh, two sisters and a brother and my brother and I are close and we do a lot. We've done a lot of hunting together and still do um, till this day. My sisters are, um, they love the outdoors as well, but they've never been much to take on the hunting, you mm-hmm. know, so but they do love enjoy being out with during that time and participating still and just, you know, being there. Yeah. Um, so, um, see in each way we're all uniquely different. So it's, it's not to say, well, you don't hunt or fish or, you know, but being outdoors or just doing, you know, what is what you want to do is that's what it comes down to. It's very it's true. Just for me, yeah. It's just for me. I, I liked it, you know, just seeing my dad and how, you know, he, it inspired him. And from when he told me of him being little and doing things, getting out there and learning on his own and with his brothers. And so it's always been like, you know, it's time for family too to get, be together and, and um, share that experience and stories and the outdoors. It's just a way to bring family and friends together. And I think that's what I really fell in love about being outdoors and, whether hunting, fishing, or just anything outdoors particularly is just being with your family and friends. You know, it's just time with each other and you can't, don't waste that. If you have that time to do that with each other, then, you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think that um, our time with our family outdoors is irreplaceable, whether we're hunting or fishing or hiking or just being outside, it's irreplaceable because it there's the distraction of, I don't want to say real world, but the distraction of technology and school and like all of those distractions are to the wayside and we can just kind of hone in on where we are in the moment. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of a way to kind of step back in time in a sense because you know, we are so wrapped up with technology and my our faces in the phones and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so disconnecting and, get, you know, getting away and getting in, giving yourself a chance to kind of get some mental clarity. And it, it's very therapeutic and healing. And it's just, you don't realize when you're out there, you just feel so weightless. Mm-hmm. Your shoulders drop. You can breathe and... This is like for a moment, you know, you know, you got to get back to life, you know, work, bills, all this other stuff. But when you're just there in nature and everything around you, the sounds, everything is just, you're not for that moment, just, you know, all that goes away, all the stresses of the world and all of that. So it's nice. It's, that's, you know, another great part about me being outdoors is just that part. It's just, I don't think about anything. I'm just free. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that I feel, I think mine goes a little bit both ways. I think for the most part, I feel that weightlessness feeling that you're talking about. And I think that the other part 
especially if I'm alone, is kind of processing through some things that I might not have processed through before. And I think that it's just a little mix of both. But I've noticed that my kids have been able to uh, let go of things that whether they're anxious about it or stressed about it or they've been able to let go and just be in that moment. And I remember you telling me that there's a lot of history that comes up when you're hunting, especially with with your family. Um, just talking about the smells and the sights and where you are, that it takes you back in history and it brings up the past of who has been hunting, who's been around you at deer camp, being able to to think back and sit there in the same spots and kind of uh, live in the past through stories and, and things that people pass on. And I love that part. I know, me too. Isn't that wonderful? We have those memories and and just to, you know, like, you know, I even said, like certain smells, you know, mm-hmm. sounds and stuff, you know, it's a lot of things can just bring back things in a snap. It's like, but to have that and reflect on those, it's part of who we are. So, gosh, it's it's nice to have those stories and memories, especially when, you know, our past loved ones, too, mm-hmm. that we learned a lot. Being that my father, you know, he's been past eight years now too. But I mean, every day I think of something and but especially even when I'm outdoors or hunting, I just a lot of things that he just instilled in me. And uh, and it's just like, wow. And I'm just so grateful. And I appreciate that feeling in that moment mm-hmm. and that memory. And I'm just hold on to it. You yeah, know? yeah. How old were you when you first went to deer camp? Uh, I was... <laughs> I was um like you know after high school you know okay, yeah. just being raised you know me being the only girl and my dad didn't really think like me being you know with all the uncles and cousins so it, you know I waited till I guess after high school and I was able to finally get out there <laughs> I I kind of want to know what are what's one of the most memorable stories that you remember hearing um just there sitting around, whether you were eating or processing or butchering, whatever you were doing, what are, what's one of the stories that stands out to you that was passed down at deer camp? Oh my goodness. Look, I'm calling you out on it. I didn't even prep you for that one. (laughs) I'm trying to think of, because I didn't have those kind of experiences and we don't necessarily over here on the East Coast, I've never been to a deer camp and my family didn't hunt. So I don't remember sitting around hearing about the past. I remember my grandfather about a year ago, I was on the phone with him and he said, oh, yeah, I remember when I was working for the forestry um, department. He said, I remember in Arizona, actually, he was living in Arizona and he said, I Remember going on horseback with a couple of buddies and they were going turkey hunting and they would ride horseback through a huge flock of turkey and disperse them, just chaotically spread them out. And then they'd find a hiding place and wait for them to come back together. And that's how they would turkey hunt. (laughs) (laughs) You you don't do that anymore. (laughs) 
Well, you know, I mean, when we get together and we're all like cousins and uncles and friends and stuff and everybody just kind of reminisces over their, their stories. Mm -hmm. And, um, but usually actually, I mean, moments that I remember, um, being just alone with my dad or my Mm -hmm. brother out there on the mountain, whatever. And it just be talking about like our lives and, you know, my dad, you know, we'd have, it was my one-on-one with him too. And, and just on stuff like, you know, be, be a good person. You know, we talk about just, you know, don't be afraid to be who you are. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you're going to go through things, experience things. It's always, it was always about life. It, you know, you honestly, you think about it, you're sitting on a mountain and you're hunting. Yeah. We did talk about deer and stuff like that. And, and he teach me things, but it was a lot about just living life mm-hmm. and, and him being a father to me and um, sharing his experiences as, you know, a young person and then, you know, things that he's gone through and just, you know, his growth too. It's I've just so much uh, respect for my dad for not only just showing us what, you know, he instilled in us of what he loved and, but him being as a person and mm-hmm. um, the father that he was and, oh, and just to appreciate those moments, like those talks yeah. and being out there. Those were, those are the big takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. It's character Mm -hmm. development, right? For sure. I think that that's the, it's those moments where there's nothing moving or I guess where you're glassing or you're looking for what you're, those are the moments that I have found with my own kids that you get to have those conversations. It's, um, it's kind of a, a low stress situation. It's like I have some of the best conversations out in the woods or in the car because there's nowhere for you to go. You're just together. And <laughs> it's a it's an easy way to just throw something in that might be pretty heavy at the time, but it doesn't feel heavy because you're out there. And uh, and yeah, I, I believe 100% that so much c- character development comes from hunting and fishing and hiking and uh, just being out there, whether it's how you take your steps over rocks to how you are as a person to how you treat others. It all kind of filters in through those conversations. Mm, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that you had that. Um I I think that a lot of people growing up look back and they don't have those moments, especially with a dad, like a daughter to a dad. And um, I don't know, I I was very grateful for even though my dad's I have a dad and a stepdad and they're both my dad. And uh, I remember having date nights with my dad and it might be, might've been to McDonald's. It might've been to who knows what, but it was specific time that he purposefully made time for me, just me, not anybody else. It was just me. And I still look back on those date nights as like this, like character development. And we talk about things that were important to him and stories of him growing up and what impacted him and that's it's storytelling, right? That passes down that character development. Yes. And then also as you are now, who you are now, a grown woman, a mother, but 
you talking about like that, it's also, he was letting me know you were important to him. Yeah. And had a voice and being whatever age you were little and you, you know, you have your thoughts and your feelings. And so time with him and like I, my time with my dad, that was, you know, and I wasn't, you know, that communication was open. So I was never afraid to say what I had to say or mm -hmm. what I was feeling because my dad made me, made it feel so comfortable. And mm -hmm. my mom's the same too, you know, she's easy to talk to and, and stuff as my dad. And just cause you know, my mom's, she's never hunted either. She's loved the outdoors and stuff too. But, um, but when you, you know, time out there like that and, and, you know, with my dad on the mountain and stuff like that, that was special time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Did she ever go to deer camp, even though she didn't hunt? Was she at deer camp? Uh, you know what? I don't, from my memory, I can't recall <laughs> if we, we ever went out there, you know, us girls just to visit or I don't think we ever did that doesn't recall to mine and um but you know when we'd go camping up north and stuff yeah we'd all go as family and stuff yeah. So. yeah I think that we each have different things that we bring to the table and yeah. so your love for the outdoors comes on both sides of it because of both sides of your your family on your mom and your dad because you do so much hiking and exploring with your sisters that yeah. I think that probably came from an impact from your whole family, not just from hunting. Uh, the appreciation for the outdoors comes from your mom and your dad. And I think that that makes us more or it makes us well-rounded in our appreciation for nature. Yes, I, I think it definitely does, you know, especially if you're raised that way, mm -hmm. you, you know, it's yeah. just kind of. But I mean, you can obviously at any time, you know, anywhere, just get out there and appreciate it. It's just being out there and yeah, you're raised out doing that or not. So it's true. Yeah. How old were you when you first, when you took your first deer? Oh, 98. 98? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like early, early twenties. Yeah. Know? That was, um, I was I was early 30s when I took my first year and I think that that moment in time will always be a, you never forget your first time right were you surrounded by your dad and your brother at the time it was actually my brother yeah that hunt yeah was it mule were you hunting mule deer or what were you hunting um it's a coos whitetail oh yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still, you know, there are so many, we were talking last night, we ate black buck for dinner last night, and it was a gift that was shared with us. And we started talking about all of the different species out there of wild game that you can eat, that you can hunt, that you can, um, I guess, just be a part of. And we are so lucky in the United States to have access at one point or another to so much, especially you guys over on the Western side of the U S what all do you have in Arizona that you have hunted? It's, um, coos, whitetail and mule deer. Okay. And, That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. And we have other, other species too, that can be hunted, but you know, I know here in Arizona, it's coos, whitetail. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. were taking, when I had 
and I'm I'm going to go back and and fix what I said. We have actually been friends for two and a half years. But the conversation that we had two and a half years ago, you were about to take your sister-in-law out on her first hunt. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And, and yeah, we weren't successful. We had a, a couple of misses, but you know, how that's how it goes. It's not always, you know, it's just how it goes. <laughs> that is how it goes. But I just remember how excited you were um, that you weren't even because when I had asked you, what are you what's what are your goals coming up? And you that was yeah. the one thing that you were focused on. And it kind of shows your heart uh, for others, <laughs> huge heart for others. Um uh-huh. Because that was all that you could talk about was how excited you were about that. Yeah. And it was, it, you know, it, it wasn't successful as in tagging out, you know, but we, it was a successful hunt because it was just, we, you know, when you're out there working for it and enjoying everything and the whole experience, you know, it just, it's just successful that way, no matter what. So talk about character development. I think that that's when the biggest development of our character happens is when you are having to work hard for something and sometimes it just doesn't come to fruition and you get so many more takeaways from those, uh, those adventures for sure. Yeah. I never look at any hunt, you know, you know, successful or not. It's, it's just always just a good time. It's true. So I, I don't ever think of it as, oh, I, I didn't, this didn't happen, but you know, just cause it's sometimes it's, that's the way it goes and that's okay. But it's being out there and experiencing it all. It's just so much fun. Yeah. And seeing it from somebody else's viewpoint it is also exciting when you're when you're a part of somebody else's hunt, I think that that's, it doesn't always have to be my hunt that, that I am gaining so much from it. It can just be from seeing it from somebody else's viewpoint that really excites me and brings joy to me. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. You started going to deer camp kind of right after high school, but there has been a time in your life where you took a break. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it was um, when you go through something, mm-hmm. which, you know, I want to talk about that because it's important. So actually, tomorrow is going to be my late husband's anniversary of him passing. And what happened was he took his life and I witnessed that. And with all that happening and after all of that, it my life stood still for a while and anger and the guilt and the fear and all these emotions that I you never I don't never thought I could ever feel, but they were it was just to look at a gun or think of touching it or picking it up and you know, shooting it just it was not even in my my mind to you know think like I could do do that again. It was it just uh, it wasn't the gun's fault. It's just time had to go by before I, with help as well mm-hmm. for myself, yeah, that I had to realize that it wasn't the gun's fault. It's just you know mental illness is serious and and actually May is mental health 
awareness month too. Mm-hmm. So it kind of touches my heart more because, you know, I've, you know, seen somebody deal with mental illness and, and somebody that, you know, dealt with not being happy and, and had other attempts, you know, and it's just, it was, um, very difficult and very hard for me to, you know, see somebody when you love somebody to see them drowning and you couldn't, you can't do anything to help them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just couldn't deal with it. And I didn't want to even bother with it. And it wasn't that I didn't want to hunt anymore either. It just, it never entered my mind. It just, um, again, that part of that moment in that my life just kind of stopped. Yeah. And I think, I think that's okay though, right? I think that I think that each person processes grief differently. I know what it's like to be on that side of watching somebody drown, like you were talking about in in the weight of mental illness, of depression, of anxiety. I know what it's like to see somebody and not be able to help. I know what it's like to grieve that person going through it. I do not know what it's like to go through what you have gone through, but I do know that grief looks different for every single person. Yeah, it it sure does. Cause it just, we're all, it affects us different. And, and so it's just, uh, but you know, time went by and I think it was four years after he had passed. I just, um, my brother had, wanted to go up to Montana and he had invited me. He said he had an animal hunt. And he, so I thought, yeah, sure. Let's go road trip and get to hang out with you. And, you know, he was excited to go, you know, his first antelope too. And so I was like an adventure for sure. And so we went and got up there and, and little did I know he surprised me and had gotten me a tag for antelope too. And Aww. And uh, I looked at him and he looked at me and he's just like, you know, like that look he, he knew, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because since the accident, the incident, I didn't, again, look at a gun, pick up a gun or, you know, and he's, you know, I knew I was going to have to do this. So, you know, and it just happened. It just, I felt like, I guess, you know, I need to get back to doing what I do and, and it's okay, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I can't be afraid. And, and I realized, you know, again, with when I, you know, the help that I got to that it, I couldn't blame the gun and stuff. And it's just, I know what it does and um, what it is for and the respect for it. It's just, again, you know, um, when somebody is hurting for them, it's just a, a means for them you know it's not mm-hmm. really what it's so I just um knew it was some maybe my time because I just I felt it and I just was but yes I had to you know do a little bit of practice shooting and you know I did that and you know I it was emotional and hard for me and it was shaking crazy and crying and you know but it was a big relief actually it, it really was because it just was a little bit of weight off me because I'm part of my healing too because I, I couldn't let that that part you know intimidate me or or again the fear that hold me back because mm-hmm. it's 
it wouldn't be a healthy thing for me. It's about healing and moving forward and growing. And so when that all happened and it just, you know, it really, it was, I felt so much lighter and I was like, I can, I'm, I am healing. I am growing. I, I can, mm. can do this. This is who I am. This is what I like to do. So, and you know, and it was a fun hunt you know, it was successful. My brother was able to get his antelope and me too. And we had great, great time and good memories. And, and from then on, that's continuing. <laughs> right. Right. But you had that support system. You had your brother who knew when to, to hold back and he also knew when to push in a little bit. And I think without those people in our lives to to know where that boundary is, to know yeah. what we need in the moments that we need it, I, I think that um, I, I feel for people who go through tough situations and they don't have that support. I think it's so vital to our healing process to have – loved ones and friends who stand beside us and carry us through it during those times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I kind of think back um, because I think if you would have mentioned it before, even like on the road going to Montana or even before even, you know, as leaving, mm-hmm. I think he might've known that I would have been more scared and just thought, you know, no, I better not go or, mm-hmm. you know, I think he knew what he was doing and helping me too. And it, you know, it was, I think back about it and I think my brother did a good, good thing for me. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And I'm, I am grateful for it because I have met you through your healing process of getting back, back into hunting and back into the outdoors. And I think that that's something that you can look back on now and see how your life has impacted even just mine. And I think I've talked to many a woman who have dealt with not just mental illness, but PTSD and um, depending on certain circumstances, how nature has healed them and how um, not necessarily that nature has healed them, but being in nature and being able to be outdoors and whether it's hunting or fishing or hiking or backpacking, whatever they are doing, being able to, like we said earlier, feel that weightlessness and that lack of, or that lack of distraction and being able to heal through, um, being in the outdoors. I think God made a pretty spectacular world. He sure did. For us to find that healing. I mean, just stepping outside in my backyard barefoot on the ground and feeling the cool grass in between between my toes and the breeze blowing on me. I don't even have to go into the woods to feel that. But um, I think it just kind of takes takes us and allows us to breathe. Whereas you can feel almost like a rock is on your chest sometimes. It's for sure. Because I I do have PTSD. So it's, that's another part about why I do like being outdoors. Cause mm-hmm. it's just my place to really disconnect and be happy. And it's just my therapy, my therapy place. It's makes me happy. Mm-hmm. 
Now you also are a photographer. <laughs> You're a beautiful photographer. You love oh. capturing those moments as well, especially on your hikes. Um, some of the some of the things that you've been able to capture has um, it has made me want to come and and be where you are. Yes, <laughs> you can come on. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna plan it. I promise. <laughs> we will have to. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you and I kind of grasped a little bit of connection because you also work in the healthcare industry, right? Yes, I yeah. do. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's there's a connection that people who have cared for others feel for each other. Um, I don't know. I don't just from the first moments that I talked to you, I felt this connection. And and I think it's because of the giving side of who you are. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a story or a video or um, anything where you've posted. And I know it's social media, but I get this from you on the outside of that as well. Just of encouragement and honestly, pure joy. Like I know that you have gone through and still are going through because it, it affects your life for the rest of your life when you experience something like you've experienced, but you have found joy afterwards. You have found places where joy just comes through your face and through your skin and through who you are and what you say. And it is appreciated by me and I know by others, but it is definitely appreciated by me. Well, thank you. Oh, I know it's can't do it without family and friends, but definitely faith, my faith Mm -hmm. and and helps me to hold on to hope and, and joy and to keep persevering you know, yeah. so, and try, try to help others in ways that I can. So, yeah, I think that that's the best word that I love that you just said it persevering. It's, um, I, I think a lot of people see healing as, oh, yay, you're healed. That's not how it works. It, it is. <laughs> and perseverance is actually, it can be pretty painful, when you are pushing through something that you don't want to push through, uh, yeah. when you have to go through therapy, thank goodness for therapists um, and counselors and friends that listen, because yes. I think that that's an important part of healing as well. But I think that you have to persevere through dealing with things in order to come out on the other side. And so I love that you use that word. I think it's one of my favorite words um, in the (laughs) English dictionary and, and honestly in the Bible is perseverance. And so I'm glad you used it. Uh, Well, thank you. Yeah. I kind of live by that motto just every day, trying my best and, um, Cause it is hard every day in some ways. It's just, but it's, I know that's for everybody because mm-hmm. we're all just having to endure so much going on, you know, in this world and things in our lives too. So, yeah, I, I think that, uh, just going back to some of the things that you and I have talked about, uh, authenticity and, and not necessarily just showing the good parts of life because without 
the other side of it, you don't see the full uh, character of a person. You don't understand where they're coming from. And I think that that's the negative side to social media is not being able to understand who a person is because of their past, whether it was recent past or a past that has come from a long time ago. I think that it is vital to understanding who people are from where they're coming from because, you know, we get... I'll get messages that are pretty negative and I'll get comments that are pretty negative from people. And I constantly have to remind myself, I don't know who that person is. I don't know what they've had to deal with. They might just be a jerk, but they might be dealing with a whole lot of crap. Yeah, we never know. It's kind of trying to be a little bit just compassion and Mm -hmm. and. I know it must be not easy getting stuff that are negative and stuff, but like you're being positive on that, just knowing, not knowing what that person might be going through or what could be going on in their minds. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's having patience with each other, right? Yes, <laughs> very yeah. much. Having patience mm-hmm. with each other, but also having, uh, I don't know, leaving yourself the ability to have conversations privately versus publicly. Um, I think that we can learn a lot taking away the keyboard and the screen and actually having a conversation on a phone call or in face-to-face. I think that we have lost that kind of relationship um, with others. I think we have grown our ability to touch other people and to reach other people and to affect other people. But I think that we have lost that intimate ability to relate to each other. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I do that. I try to do that every so often, just reaching out to family and friends and, you know, acquaintances, just checking in how they're doing and, and sharing something positive with them. Yeah. Some hope. I think that goes along with what you're saying. Like May is mental health awareness month. And I think that each person deals with a little bit. I think everybody is affected by mental illness. Um, I think that mental health is, is so important. I've talked to um, Lindsay Persico uh, just a couple of weeks ago and she is all about body health and your physical health. But she said, you can't do, you can't fix that without also working on your mental health. And so I think that whether you're dealing with a mental illness yourself or with PTSD or with uh, a family member or a friend who is in the deep, dark throes of it, I think that it's all of our responsibilities to reach out to people. Um, I notice it's when my friends get quiet that they actually probably need a check-in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's um, a lot of times I'll think, oh, well, they just, you know, they just don't want to talk to me right now. Well, that might not be it. That might, it might be that they need me to be the person to reach out. They might be hurting. They might be in a situation where uh, they aren't, they don't have the capacity to reach out. We all have our limit of yeah. 
emptiness, right? I am always, I have been very guilty of this in the past of giving, 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 because um, that's just, that's my personality. I want to feed somebody. I want to, you know, give, 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 but I forget that I need and I need to fill my cup before being able to give or you become empty and then you become unhealthy yourself and then you can't give like you would want to. And I think that that's in the past when I've looked through, it has been when I was quiet that I wasn't reaching out. I wasn't asking for help. I wasn't asking for the needs that I needed met. And I've had people who have reached out and said, hey, you're being really quiet. What What's going on? What? Let's meet yeah. for lunch. Let's meet for coffee. Let's. Can I come to your house? Can I bring you a meal? And let's sit around and have a conversation. And I might have not even realized that I had gotten to that point, but at least I've had a friend who has realized you're not how you normally are. Let's talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Like you, I'm a giver too, and but I got to make sure to make time for myself too because we're a priority for ourselves to our well-being and our health too and and so we be able to do or give what we can of ourselves we have to again like you said I think make sure we're we're have our cup full <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's a constant balance it's a constant check and I think that that's you either have to be able to check yourself or you have to put in your life friends who will help you check. And I think it's not an or situation. It's an and. You always need to be able to do both. And I think that goes along with keeping yourself healthy, keeping yourself at a place where that balance um, is is where it needs to be. And I love that the outdoors can do that because like you said, you can go with somebody on a walk, uh, on a hike on and be gone for even just an hour and you return feeling so much better because of that conversation that you've had out there. You can go on a hunt with somebody. And I think that that's where, whereas I love solo hunting, I think hunting with somebody else feeds my soul in a different way. And, and that's the, a positive side to that. Oh yes, for sure. Now your brother and you still hunt together, right? Yes. Yes, we do. (laughs) What was this past year like for you guys? Um, yeah, it was fun. It was, and even my sister-in-law again, she, Uh she on, in this hunt as well. So, and we all had gotten our deer, so it was nice and it was fun. Um, was it her first? Um, this was her actually first because she went on the mule deer hunt, but that yes. was, you know, unsuccessful. But this last year, yes, yeah, she um, she was able to get her coos whitetail buck. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. How did she take yeah, it? I- Oh, she was, we, I wasn't with her cause I had my sister with me on the other side of the mountain and, um, she had her kids with her, her son and her daughter, and they got to experience that too. And they were, it was just, they came back and they were, you know, it's just like a happy seeing all their faces smiling. And she was just so elated and just like, you know, buck fever and, you know, <laughs> yes, you know, excitement and stuff, but just, you know, yeah. I just seen her, you know, happy and just like excited and to finally, you know, know all this process and to get to that point where, you know, 
she was able to do it and she Mm -hmm. successfully, you know, did a great job. It was, that's what's nice just seeing them together, you know, and then she had her, I said, and that was, must've been a fun moment to see their mom. (laughs) Oh, that's a huge moment. I, my kids have told me many a time the first time that they were with us for a hunt where it, it completely went from, you know, point A to point Z all the way through uh, that it they will remember that just as much as remembering their first harvest. And um, and so I'm excited for your sister-in-law. I know that it's really tough to not have gotten that mule deer that first year, but how much sweeter was her success the next year in knowing how difficult it is Um that's exciting. I'm glad that she was able to do that. Yeah, it, it was. And again, it's like what you, she, you know, being like her first time and that, that not happening, just, but you know, the expectation and now with knowing what she's going into, just, I think it was not saying it was easier, but just you, when you know what you're going into, it's a little bit easier. Yeah, no, it, I get that. There's you have expectations and things change, right? The each hunt is different, but there's a little bit more um there's a little bit more calm before the storm when you've experienced something before. Yeah. Oh I think you go in less scared. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree. Do you guys have um hunts planned this year yet? Has Arizona has the draw come through? Uh for elk, yes, that's past. But I didn't get drawn, and neither did my brother or Laura. My sister, um, the regulations for for um, whitetail and mule deer that's not out yet. So once that comes out, it should be coming up soon. A couple of days, the regulations come out, and then we can apply for. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to put in for, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of thinking to go back to mule deer, but I'm not sure yet. So I can. It'll be exciting. It'll yeah. be exciting. We put. Let's see, our, I think our time where we can put in for elk in Tennessee is coming up, I think it's in June or July, and uh-huh. we put the kids in every year. They have a lifetime license, and they have, they draw uh-huh. one youth tag every year, and so we will put, we will put them in for that, and, um, and then we put in for it, and I think I'm going to totally butcher this, but I think that last year seven tags were given out for the whole state. Um, and, uh, and that's including non-residents too. So it's a pretty slim, um, slim chance, but you still put in, right? Yep. <laughs> there's always hope. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's always hope. But I did get, I did draw my mule deer for Montana this year. That's what I was just going to say when you had noted that on your, I was like, oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm excited. It's a, it'll be interesting to hunt a different species of deer because I've heard they're totally different from whitetail. Yeah. They're mule deer, you know, because they're, for me, you know, it's just a little bit, they're bigger, Mm -hmm. bigger body, but, um, you know, terrain and Montana is going to be different. Yes. <laughs> Way different from, from a flat <laughs> Tennessee. 
Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Oh, I know. How exciting for you. I'm really happy for you on that. I'm excited. I'm excited about the difference, but, you know, there's always that, like you said, with your sister-in-law, that first hunt, there's a lot of, well, what if, and how does this go? And um, a lot of questions, a lot of, it's kind of like I'm a first-time hunter again, because it's going to be completely different than anything I've ever hunted before. And it's your first hunt out west, right? Yeah, I hunted in Texas a couple of weeks ago, but you know, Texas is different, way different than than the western part of like where you are and Idaho and um, yeah. and Montana. Just that whole other side. Um, yeah, it's my first time to hunt over in that area. How exciting for you. <laughs> it will be the process of getting ready for it will be full of um, laughter at myself, I think. And because I always have a sense of humor about things, but I think it'll be. I said, and you have to, that's good. I, I'm the same way. I'm like, you know, keep it, you know, funny and just roll with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that that makes for a better hunter when, when you just admit, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm here to learn. <laughs> just soak up every second and just have fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make, me- make memories. Exactly. Oh man. Well, um, I'm excited to hear about your draw for this year and to hear about your plans for next year. What have you got going on this summer? Um, gosh, not much. It's just too hot to get out, you know, for yeah. me to do things outdoors, but I'll do stuff, but not I don't think I have really anything planned just yet. So well, who knows? Soon to come. We'll see. You're taking <laughs> your one day at a time very seriously. Exactly. And you're, you guys are so close as a family. Um, like your involvement with nieces and nephews and, and being just right there with them, able to walk through life with them means so much to you. Oh, definitely. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> they grow so fast, don't they? Oh, they do. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) They grow so fast. Well, I keep me posted on what you decide to put in for because I want to be able to know what to cheer you on for. And um, and Annie, I appreciate your ability to share who you are. and how far you've come, honestly. And I think that that comes with all of us as we experience things and as we age, that it's how you it's how you move through these situations. It's how you react. It's how you respond. It's how you grow from them that shows the kind of character. I think that uh, I interviewed Lisa one time and she said it's adversity builds character. And um, without adversity, we aren't who we are. And so I am very proud to have you as a friend I'm very honored to have you as a friend, but I, um, being able to know you, not just because of the things that have happened to you, but because of who you are because of those things is, I respect it a lot. Thank you. Yeah. 
I think that people are going to listen in and they're going to say right on and um, and they're going to feel that they, too, have been through grief. They, too, have battled situations where they've had to come back in certain capacities. And I think that you are somebody that a lot of people can relate to. And so I appreciate your story for her Wild Outdoors. Thank you, Amy. And sometimes we feel we are so alone in in our own grief and or in our our own situation. But in some way, we're kind of, you know, again, every situation is different, but we can all be there for each other. So if I can help somebody in any way, I'm glad, you know, to share my story and talk about it. And if others want to reach out to, they're more than welcome. You know, they can message me. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you're on you're on Facebook as Annie Gastelum, but you're on Instagram as Camo Girl 1973, and um, yes. and you are so responsive to people and there to listen, there to counsel, but they're just to encourage and um, and so I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, and you posted something a day or two ago and something about listening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sometimes somebody just, you know, you know, wants that just yeah. to sit, and, you know, somebody to listen to them. And so it's true. It's, it's true. It's true. You just need to listen. You don't need to listen to respond. You just need to listen to uh, to hear somebody. It, not everything has a solution, right? <laughs> it's so just listening is caring enough. Just yes, that, that support that person needs at that time. You know, it is so. so true. Very true. Well, thank you for being a part of our group of hunters and outdoorsmen and uh, women who honestly care about each other. I, I greatly appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Amy. I appreciate you too. And all that you do. So keep it going. Yes, ma'am. I will do it. Okay.